Hi, reader. I'm Cindy Burnett. Welcome to my award-winning podcast, Thoughts from a Page, which is a member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. On the show, I chat with authors whose books I have enjoyed about their new releases, and I give you a peek behind the curtain of the publishing industry with my Behind the Scenes series. With so many books coming out weekly, it can be hard to decide what to read, so I find the best ones and share them with you. If you're looking for a community of readers, bonus content, and a chance to read books before they hit the shelves, I hope you'll consider joining my Patreon group, which is filled with a wonderful bunch of book lovers. The link to join is in the show notes. Do you love to be in the know about upcoming books? Kelly Hooker of At Kelly Hook Reads Books and I do too. We couldn't find a comprehensive list of titles all in one place, so we made one ourselves, and now we're sharing it with you. Our literary lookbook is a list of 182 books releasing from January to May 2024, curated for our communities. The link to buy it is in my show notes. December is a quiet publishing month, so I am taking this time to release some fun episodes that are a little different from my usual fare. Today, I am trying something new for the show, and I'm thrilled with how it turned out. In this episode, I am switching it up, and you get the opportunity to hear from Thoughts from a Page podcast listeners about their favorite or one of their favorite reads of 2023. I am eternally grateful for all of my listeners, because without you, I would not be here. Thanks first to all who listen, and second to those who submitted a recording about one of their top reads of 2023. I had a ball listening to the submissions, and I was amazed to realize that there was hardly any overlap. Thanks to everyone who submitted a favorite book of 2023. Enjoy. Hi, this is Kristen Smith, and my favorite book of 2023 is The Wishing Game by Meg Schaefer. It was a book of the month pick for June and was all over Bookstagram when it first came out. The jacket copy says, Lucy Hart knows better than anyone what it's like to grow up without parents who loved her. In a childhood marked by neglect and loneliness, Lucy found her solace in books, namely the Clock Island series by Jake Masterson. Now a 26-year-old teacher's aide, Lucy is able to share her love of reading with bright young students, especially seven-year-old orphan Christopher Lamb. Lucy would give anything to adopt Christopher, but even the idea of becoming a family seems like an impossible dream without proper funds and stability. Just when Lucy is about to give up, Jack Masterson announces he's finally written a new book. Even better, he's holding a contest at his home on the real clock island, and Lucy is one of the four lucky contestants chosen to compete to win the one and only copy. The Wishing Game was so reminiscent of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which was one of my favorite books as a child. This also had vibes to me of Once Upon a Wardrobe by Patty Callahan, which was my favorite book from last year. I have now come to realize that I have a favorite micro-genre that I'm calling throwbacks to childhood classics. I'll leave you with a quote from the book that I think sums up the feel of the wishing game perfectly. The stories write us, you see. We read something that moves us, touches us, speaks to us, and it, it changes us. Hi, Cindy. This is Karen McNamara in Houston, Texas. One of my favorite books of 2023 is The Road to Dalton by Shannon Bowering. It's a debut character-driven novel set in Maine in the 80s and 90s. I spent a lot of time in Maine in college, and the setting and the characters really resonated with me. It's a quiet novel with some heavy themes, but I became very invested in the characters and their stories and was rooting for them until the end. Thanks for all that you do. Looking forward to more great reading in 2024. Hi, Cindy. It's Jada from The History Mom. And I want to tell you about my top book of 2023. 
After Anne, a novel of Lucy Ma Montgomery's life by Logan Steiner. I just loved this look at the life of one of my favorite authors of all time, um, Lucy Ma Montgomery. She writes these characters like Anne Shirley and Emily and so many winsome characters that just are wistful and playful and um, have such lovely sayings and ways to talk. But her own life was full of darkness and sadness. And this book really explores that, um, the history behind um, Montgomery's life and her professional challenges, her personal challenges, and how she overcame those to write these characters that still live in the hearts of so many people um, in today's world. It's amazing to me reading this book and then thinking about all the lightness she creates from all the darkness that she had. And And Steiner does a great job at using Montgomery's own journals and letters to really put her own words on paper, Montgomery's own words on paper, and just makes you even more amazed at how creative and brilliant Montgomery was. So if you love Anna Green Gables or you love any of the Montgomery books, this is a book you definitely will want to to read. Thanks. My name is Cynthia from Calgary, Alberta, and I'd have to say my top 2023 pick is Shark Heart by Emily Haybeck. I never read magical realism, so this was a huge departure for me. Um, I normally read historical fiction, but Cindy's friend Kelly on Instagram had recommended it. It's just such a stunning, stunning debut. Uh, It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. I still think of the book, which to me is a huge testament of how much I really loved it. Hi, my name is Mary O'Malley, and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. And one of my favorite books of 2023 is The Book of More Delights by Ross Gay. Ross Gay writes about the things that connect us, which are often also the things that delight us. What I love about this book is that it's something you can keep on an end table or a nightstand or in your car or in your briefcase or purse and pick it up and read a chapter or a couple of pages and just sit and think about what you've read. It's also a beautiful gift book for the reader in your life. Hi, my name is Sidra Jeffries and I live outside of D.C. in Maryland. I would like to recommend The House is on Fire by Rachel Beanland. This book did exactly what I love great historical fiction to do. It takes an event in history and then makes me care about it and the people who experienced it while also teaching me something. Set in 1811, the story focuses on a devastating fire at a theater in Richmond, Virginia. Beanland makes us care about four different people as they experience the fire. This novel was so propulsive and I wanted to know how it ended for each of the four characters. And even though it's a true event, I know I wouldn't be able to look up what happened. Beanland cleverly points out how much of history is written by those in power, meaning the history of the fire was written by Rich Whiteman. If you love historical fiction or a propulsive novel that has you caring about what happens to the characters, then this book is for you. That's The House is on Fire by Rachel Beanland. Hi, my name is Karen Naughton. I can be found at Barker for Books on Instagram and Twitter. My favorite book published in 2023 is Happiness Falls by Angie Kim. I'm sure most of you know its basic plot points by now. It's about a Korean-American family's attempts to locate their missing husband-slash-father after he disappears while visiting an area park with his nonverbal son. I love this book for several reasons. First, I was captivated by the voice of Mia, the college-age daughter, 
whose witty and irreverent narration tells most of the story. Second, the blend of science with fictional drama appeals to my nerdy side. Angie Kim uses real studies on theories of happiness and means of communication with nonverbal humans as clues to the central mystery. And third, the book is open-ended enough to provide closure but also invite thought and discussion. I always like books that make me think. If these reasons appeal to you as well, I hope you'll check out Happiness Falls by Angie Kim. Hello, book lovers. My name is Lynette, and I'm from Saxe, Texas. The book I'm sharing as one of my top reads of 2023 is Verino Palladino's Jersey Italian Love Story by Terry Lynn DeFino. This book was published on Valentine's Day this year, and it's a sweetheart of a story. Here's the setup. Verino Palladino is a 70-year-old widow who lives with her 92-year-old mother, Sylvia. She has three children, two sons, Dante and Tommy, and a daughter, Donatello. She also has adopted son, Polly, her boy's best friend, who she considers family. But she's also very close to her brother, Tommy, and his family, too. Verena runs her family's Italian specialties grocery business. She takes care of her mother, and she keeps her family connected. She's the glue that holds all the chaos together. Verena loves her life, but her family worries that Verena is lonely. When her daughter, Donatello, and her mother, Sylvia, plot to find her a man, the fun begins. But Verena has plans of her own. She wants to travel. When Verena goes to the local travel agent to book a river cruise, she meets Ruth, who becomes her best friend and another part of her family. Dante, Tommy, Polly, and Donatello also find that their lives are changing. And through these changes, the family grows and becomes stronger while also experiencing the pain that comes with change. This book takes place over a year. The family loves each other. They are loud. They are boisterous. They are Jersey Italian. This book reminded me of My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Only with Italians, Moonstruck, and The Real Housewives of New Jersey, without all the table flipping. This is a book of three generations of a Jersey Italian family, and it is fun. This family gets in each other's business in the best ways possible. They take care of each other, but they also know exactly which buttons to push. They are quick to anger, but they are also quick to forgive. They are familia, and for almost 400 pages... You will be familiar too. This is Verena Palladino's Jersey Italian Love Story by Terry Lynn DeFino. Hi, Cindy, and thoughts from a page listeners. My name is Michelle Beckwith. I'm also known as Bookshelf by Beckwith on Instagram. I currently live in Blue Hill on the northern coast of Maine. 2023 was a fantastic year of reading for me, with many unexpected winners on my five-star list. But one outstanding book has held the top spot since January. That novel is Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. In the stunning, character-driven story, William Waters grew up in a home without a sense of family, and this sad fact informs his future and those who become a part of it. He enters the orbit of the four Padovano sisters who anchor the story in a complex web of love, loyalty, and redemption. William learns to lean on the sisters and a unique brotherhood of his own, making this an exceptional exploration of found family, the ties that bind, and the courage to follow your heart. Just as she did in her novel, Dear Edward, 
Napolitano writes about the sibling bond with such a blinding clarity that it brings sentiment to the surface. I am one of four sisters with my younger one's twins, and the personal connection I had with these characters made me feel that this novel was written for me. This book made me smile and broke my heart and will forever hold a place on my all-time favorite books list. All the Stars for Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. Hi, all. I'm Katie from Katie Needs a Bigger Bookshelf. Making me choose one favorite book for the year is a hard decision, but my book of the year tends to always be a book that's really stuck with me, and this year that book is Hold My Girl by Charlene Carr. This one hasn't gotten the love I think it deserves, so let's change that. I will give the trigger warning for fertility issues and miscarriage. If you're dealing with either of those things or currently going through IVF, I would maybe skip this one for now. This is one of those books where you find yourself rooting for different characters at different times and not really knowing which way is right. The story is unique and has stuck with me since turning the last page. I still don't know how I would handle the situation in the book, but that's what makes this book so fantastic. It will be one that sticks with me for a really long time. Again, that's Hold My Girl by Charlene Carr. Hi, fellow readers. This is Dee from Cleveland, which for any readers of this year's The Great Transition will know that Cleveland is the home of rock and roll. First, I'd like to give a shout out to Cindy and all the readers that have left book recs or comments on the Thoughts from the Page Facebook page, Instagram, or website. It has really helped me to find better books for my own personal breeding pleasure. So thanks. All of which makes this a tougher task to pick my favorite book of the year. I had more books to select from. I could easily have selected the immersive Covenant of Water or the stellar Heaven and Earth grocery store. But when it came down to it, the book that I kept returning to was Tom Lake from Ann Patchett. This book is a warm, gentle hug. Set in Michigan at a family-owned cherry orchard, the family's three adult daughters return home to help with the harvest. While working together, there is much time to discuss the mother's past when she worked at a summer stock theater with a handsome young actor who later became quite famous. The daughters are surprised that their mother had an actual life before them and that they don't know everything about their mom. Patchett references Thornton Wilder's Our Town, but it's not necessary to have read it. But if you want to become familiar, you can easily watch the play Our Town on YouTube with Paul Newman. Patchett is a literary writer where sentence structure, character development, and literary references matter. But don't let that deter you. Most importantly, she's a solid storyteller. Try Tom Lake by Ann Patchett. You won't be disappointed. Oh, and if you're not quite sold yet, get the audiobook, which just so happens to be narrated by Meryl Streep. Happy holidays and happy reading. Thanks, everyone. Hi, Cindy. This is Ivana from Chicago. Uh, Even with the year not, you know, fully winding down yet, I have to say that I've had it in the back of my mind since the summer that The Covenant of Water is going to be most likely my favorite book of this year for 2023. The Covenant of Water by Abraham Verghese is just a book that is the definition of a sweeping family saga. Everything from the setting to the character development 
I carried that doorstopper of a book with me around all of July on vacations in the backyard to the park with my children, cried big tears numerous times. And that's how I know I love a book. And I've been a fan of his uh, ever since Cutting for Stone. And this solidified my love for this author. And I encourage everybody to give this book the time it deserves. It's truly just brilliant. Hi, my name is Janelle, and I live in North Carolina. My favorite book of 2023 is The House of Eve by Sequoia Johnson. Set in the 1950s in Philadelphia and Washington, D.C., we meet Ruby and Eleanor, who are young women trying to make a better life for themselves. This book focuses on themes of race, class, colorism, and just being a woman in the 1950s. The cities come alive as their own characters. Sequoia is a master of building great characters and finding stories to honor strong women unknown to everyone. Her research with a mixture of her own family stories brings her characters and stories to life. That's The House of Eve by Sequoia Johnson. I'm Brenda, and I live in Bryan College Station, Texas, and I'm honored that Cindy asked me to share a couple of my favorite books for this year. Was it hard to pick? And I tried to avoid the popular ones of the time and pick something maybe a little different. So my first one is Generations by Jean M. Twinge. And she covers, it's a nonfiction, and she covers the different generations by name, such as the silence from born 1925 to 1945, all the way to the Polars, born 2013 to 2029. Each chapter has an intro with lists of population, names, the famous people of the time. And then she discusses in the chapter how these this generation was raised, what, why they believe and what they believe and how they think. Then she ends each chapter with an event interlude like 9-11 or COVID and how that affected that generation. Not only did I find this book fascinating, but all of my adult children have read this and we have had some fantastic conversations over this book. It's just a great book to just ponder. The other book I have is The Magnificent Lives of Marjorie Post by Alison Pataki. It's historical fiction. I knew nothing of Marjorie Post, but I knew the Post name for serial. But how her father came to create it was going to Dr. Kellogg's sanatorium, which was a hospital or clinic, where he was served Dr. Kellogg's cereal. So he goes and creates his own cereal, and later Dr. Kellogg creates cereal. So that is how their business began. And later, as an adult, Marjorie has sees the refrigerator freezer coming along. And so she thinks this having frozen vegetables would be a great idea, and later frozen dinners, for women who stay so busy. So she was very entrepreneurial in the business. She was also a philanthropist and very generous. She opened food kitchens during the war. She opened a hospital in France. She also had a love of art and architecture. She designed and built Mar-a-Lago, which is where former President Trump lives now. So she was just a fascinating woman of the time. I highly recommend that one. Thank you, Cindy, for asking me to do this. And I look forward to hearing what the other contributors have. Hi, my name is Amy Doolittle. I'm from Washington, D.C. Tom Lake was my favorite read in 2023. It's a beautifully told, character-driven story. 
It's realistic and relatable. It incorporates the pandemic, yet it really isn't about the pandemic. I think I liked it so much because I'm about the same age as the protagonist and really appreciated looking back at your relationships through the lens of age and hopefully wisdom. And I also really enjoyed the cherry farm setting. Hi, I'm Megan from King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, and one of my top reads of 2023 is Strange Sally Diamond by Liz Nugent. All I can share about the plot is that Sally took her father's wishes literally and threw him out with the rubbish when he died. This led to an investigation and whirlwind of events that you will not see coming. I recommend going in without reading the synopsis and just let the book take you on a wild ride. The book was very well done, and I loved Sally's character. However, warning that this book may not be for everyone because it is on the darker side. But if you're up for it, it will be a page-turner full of twists that you will not want to put down. Hi, this is Nika from Virginia, and one of the best books I read in 2023 was The Sanctuary by Katrin Ingberg. The Sanctuary is the fourth and final book in the Detective Corner and Warner Mystery Series set in Denmark. The Sanctuary finds Yeppe Corner on leave from the police on an island outside Copenhagen and his partner Annette Warner in Copenhagen investigating the murder of a severed corpse that seems to be connected to the island. This was my favorite book in the series for many reasons, but primarily because of the mystery surrounding the identity of the victim. I thought this was a fantastic and fresh plot device as the whole time I was not only trying to figure out who the murderer was, but also who exactly was dead. The writing was crisp and atmospheric, and I loved the foreign setting. The murder was shocking, and a well-done dual timeline adds to the sharp storytelling. While you could read this book as a standalone, I would recommend the entire series, which starts with the book The Tenant, as you'll want to spend as much time possible with these wonderful characters. And don't worry, this series is available for purchase in the U.S. I hear the author is starting a new series, and I, for one, will be there for it. Thank you, and happy reading. Hi, fellow readers. This is Melanie Powers from Silver Spring, Maryland. I want to share one of the best nonfiction books I've read this year. It's called The Heat Will Kill You First, Life and Death on a Scorched Planet by Jeff Goodell. Goodell is a longtime climate journalist, so this is one of those stunning narrative journalism nonfiction books that's a mix of stories about people, but the science behind heat and what heat is doing to us. I'm not going to lie. It's a scary book. It's right there in the title. It's scary because it's all happening before our very eyes. But I also couldn't put the book down. As the title makes clear, when it comes to climate change, it's the heat you have to worry about first and worry about the most. Goodell is so creative in the wide variety of heat-related topics that he focuses on in the book. In one example, he goes all the way back to the Big Bang and walks us through things like how humans developed and how we went from cold-blooded to hot-blooded and how and why we developed sweat glands. It's really interesting. And then he travels the world exploring how heat is affecting different areas and makes it quite clear that we cannot just air condition our way out of this. Yes, so the book is scary, again, right there in the title, 
But because of the reality of the situation, it's also really important. And it's a gripping, expertly written, well-crafted work of narrative journalism. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Deanna Salazar, and I'm from Houston, Texas. One of my favorite books of 2023 is The Keeper of Hidden Books by Madeline Martin. It is a heartwarming story about the power of books inspired by the true story of the underground library in World War II Warsaw. All her life, Zofia has found comfort in two things during times of hardship, books and her best friend, Janina. But no one could have imagined the horrors of the Nazi occupation in Warsaw. As the bombs rain down and Hitler's forces loot and destroy the city, Zofia finds that now books are also in need of saving. I chose this book as one of my favorites because I enjoy reading books about books. It is a poignant and impressive page-turner, well-researched, and I learned new things, a timely and relevant story, likable and inspiring characters, and thought-provoking. I am thankful for this story, knowing people risk their lives to save banned books. Hi, my name is Pam Lamp, and I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I host the podcast, Who I Met Today, where I interview guests on topics I want to learn about, conversations pertaining to books, health, food, travel, aging, and more. Although it was hard to choose, one of my very favorite books I read this year was The Second Life of Muriel West by Amanda Skenendor. I love people stories, and this is a great one. This historical fiction novel tells the little-known tale of Carville, a Louisiana leper colony in the 1900s. The author, a nurse, weaves a spellbinding account of life with this disease. It's the Roaring Twenties in Los Angeles, and Muriel is the spoiled, selfish wife of a silent film star. After a doctor visits her home and examines a burn on her hand, life as Muriel knows it takes a devastating turn. Tossed in a boxcar, Muriel makes her way to Carville and an isolated life with leprosy. As patient 367, Muriel, a.k.a. Pauline, joins others ostracized from society and families. Although staff physicians experiment with new treatments for the disease, Muriel discovers her colony mates wait years and sometimes lifetimes to heal and return home to families who may not welcome them. I was absolutely fascinated by this book. Carville didn't close until very recently. How did I know nothing about it? Nowadays, individuals treated with Hansen's disease, which is the medical term for leprosy, lead normal lives. I think this is the perfect book for book clubs and for any reader who enjoys history embedded in a captivating story. Hi, my name is Leslie Hopping, and I'm one of the hosts of the Book Bumble podcast. One of my favorite books of the year is Wayward by Amelia Hart. Now, right from the start, when you look at this cover, you're going to be amazed. And I love the way the author really connects the story so that you'll be able to dissect what each of these parts of the cover mean as you peel back the layers of this book. And boy, does this book have layers. It's an epic family tale over five centuries. And it has a little bit of magic as these women, these three women, are connected to nature and are thought to potentially have some connections to witchcraft, which is part of the mystery of the story. We also have the present timeline, which has a little bit of mystery of Kate, who is fleeing London 
to kind of come together with part of her family history. And then you have the heart. This story overflows with heart. You have the resilience of these women trying to find solace and being able to discover and be okay with who they are and how they're connected. So please give this book a try. You will be enthralled right when you see the cover. And that's Wayward by Amelia Hart. Hi, I'm Laura, co-host of the Book Bumble podcast. One of my favorite books of 2023 is Shenville by Paulette Giles. John Shenville, a Union soldier, returns from the Civil War to find that his beloved sister and her family have been brutally murdered by a madman named Dodd. This sets Shenville on a path of revenge, vowing to kill the murderer no matter what the personal cost. Giles creates such a sense of time and place. The post-Civil War landscapes are stark, lonely, and unforgiving. They're very much a character in this novel. The prose is lyrical. Her writing creates a painting. I felt like I wore the dirt-stiffened clothes of Shenville and felt the biting winter wind that burned his skin. I loved learning about the roles telegraphs played during this time period. This read is character-driven and moves along with action, the perfect mix. I loved being in Shenville's head and seeing what he wrestled with. What a complex and complicated character. A good man, truly bent on murder. This book has great secondary characters. Dodd is especially creepy and just embodies evil, everything you would imagine in a serial killer. In Victoria, a telegraphist, forces Shenville to examine the future. And oh, the ending. I loved it. It doesn't tie everything up with a bow, but it's very true to who John Shenville is. I traveled with him on his journey and loved every minute. Hello, this is Robin Beard from Bryan, Texas. It was so hard to narrow down my favorite books as there were so many to choose from, but I chose Emma Gray's debut novel, The Last Love Note, as the one to highlight. It is laugh out loud funny and tear your heart out tender. It is all of this and more, truly all the feels. It is real life and it reminds us that life is sometimes messy. Kate is a young mother who is struggling to find her way after losing her husband, Cameron, to a crippling disease. She dives into her work, but somehow always has a crisis, albeit funny ones, that prevent her from fulfilling deadlines. Cue the world's most understanding boss, Hugh. Also cue a hot new neighbor, Jason. Add a meddling mother and a matchmaking best friend to the mix, and you have the recipe for the perfect book. The Last Love Note explores love, loss, and hope in a beautiful way. I laughed, and I cried, and I absolutely love this book. I know you will too. Hey, this is Rue Spence from Kansas City, Missouri. My read of the year would have to be The Mostly True Tale of Tanner and Louise by Colleen Oakley. 
I found out about this book when Cindy interviewed Colleen on the show earlier this year, and I knew that I just had to read it. The Mostly True Story of Tanner and Louise stars Tanner Quimby, who is a college athlete dropout who is struggling to find herself and dealing with depression after a really bad event took her out of the sport that was all she knew. She finds herself as a live-in caregiver for the little old lady Louise, who is just an absolutely crotchety curmudgeon. They seem to have nothing in common, and something's not quite right with Louise. Tanner starts to notice some odd things, like Louise keeps her back shed locked down like Fort Knox, and then she sees a sketch on TV that the police are looking for someone who looks a little too much like Louise for comfort. One night, Louise barges into her room and says they have to flee now. This cues a cross-country road trip full of mystery, whimsy, tears, and laughter as the two women navigate life with one another while fleeing from we don't quite know what. This story had twists and turns that kept me on the edge of my seat, and the story of intergenerational friendship between women really, really reminded me of my late grandmother, who was my absolute best friend in the world, so it felt like getting to spend time with her. If you love a sweeping road trip story that keeps you guessing and has a whole lot of heart, you're gonna want to read The Mostly True Story of Tanner and Louise by Colleen Oakley. This recommendation is from Heather Green, and she asked me to read it. My name is Heather. I am in Ontario, Canada. I have a book blog called Literature Chick, where I share what I am writing and other bookish-related posts. I chose Dear Mrs. Bird by A.J. Pierce as one of my favorite top reads for 2023. Dear Mrs. Bird is the debut novel for A.J. Pierce and is set in London during World War II. In this book, we meet Emmy Lake and her friend Bunty Tavistock, as well as other memorable characters. The protagonist is Emmy Lake, a brave and adventurous young woman who becomes a secret advice columnist in 1940. She is volunteering as a telephone operator with the Auxiliary Fire Services when she sees an advertisement for a position at the London Evening Chronicle. She has had the dream of becoming a lady war correspondent, and this seems achievable, but the job turns out to be working as a typist for an advice columnist, Henrietta Bird. Mrs. Bird is clear in her instructions that any letters containing subject matter deemed to be unpleasant, like politics, divorce, and intimacy, must go straight into the bin. When Emmy reads letters from women who need advice, she feels she must respond despite Mrs. Bird's strict instructions. As the German planes make their nightly raids, Emmy writes back to the readers in secret, even going so far as to sign the letters from Henrietta Bird. Dear Mrs. Bird is a novel about friendship, forgiving yourself and others dear to you, and perseverance. This is a charming read featuring witty, brave, generous, and entertaining characters with a bit of romance. I really felt Emmy's optimism and determination shine through the writing when reading this book. A.J. Pierce has written a novel with warmth and sad moments, but it is ultimately an uplifting and at times a funny story. This author has the ability to transport the reader with her writing. This is the first book in a series, and I look forward to reading more of these characters. Thanks so much for joining me today, and thanks again to everyone who sent in a recommendation. It was a joy to hear each and every one. I would love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook, where you can find me at Thoughts From a Page. If you enjoy the show, please consider joining my Patreon group to access bonus content and support the podcast. I am a listener-supported show, and your contributions help me produce this show and continue to be in this space. 
And please tell all of your friends about Thoughts from a Page. Word of mouth does wonders to help the show grow. I hope you'll tune in next time. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional book, book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy, happy reading. reading! I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it, because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.